Amen. You may be seated. Isn't it exciting to be able to worship God together? Isn't it exciting to be able to worship our our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive this morning? We celebrate His resurrection. We celebrate His life. That tomb is empty. Yes, we saw the, the sacrifice that He made, but Christ Jesus is victorious over death. He's victorious over Satan. He was victorious over everything the enemy could throw at him. He's alive. We celebrate. We serve today. My prayer, I pray that you are here this morning worshiping your Savior. Worshiping the the resurrection of your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Because that's who He is. He is the Savior. He's the Savior of the world, the Messiah. Uh, slain before the foundation of the world, and we get to, here in 2022, we get to celebrate Him this Easter morning. God is so good. I do pray that He is your Savior. I do pray that you are, are have come into God's house this morning, whether you're, you're visiting with us, or this is your home church, or you want to make this your home church. Listen, if you're, if you're looking for a church, let me tell you, Chapel Hill, God is blessed, and it has nothing to do with me or any person on this stage. It's because the Spirit of God is in this place. He is moving amongst His people, and God is working today. This morning, I do pray. I pray that Christ is your Savior. I pray that He is your Lord, that you come in here, and these are not just songs that we get excited about. These are not just songs that they're, they're, they are exciting, Then they are uh, something that you that you just want to bounce and clap and lift hands and it, it is so exciting. But easy, it's easy to go through those motions. It's easy to go through the motions when everyone else is doing it. It's so easy. Pray this Easter you don't allow yourself to continue no further than today. This is it. This is where it stops. This is where you draw the line in the sand. And say, hey, from this day forward, I am, I am going to be a fully committed follower of Jesus. I am going to be a fully committed follower, sold out completely for Him. Because it's easy to dress up, it's easy to throw on a coat, and y'all look good. We got all of our colors, our Easter colors, our choir looks great. With all those colors of the rainbow going, it's easy to play that on Easter. It's easy to go through those motions on Easter. Let today be where it, where it stops. Let today be where the game stops. Where the, where in the, where in the mask stops. Playing church stops. Where the, where the uh, let's just be honest, where the half-hearted commitment stops. And to where you as, a, as an individual, to where you as a couple, to where you as a family, to where you as a follower of Christ say, you know what, I'm, I am completely giving myself to the Lord. Because look how far he went for you. Guys, he did, not, he did not halfway give himself. He completely gave himself to the point of death on the cross for sinners like every single one of us in this room. We're all sinners. We all mess up. 
We all make mistakes. We all lie. We all cheat. We all steal. We all do those things. We all, and, and those are just the simple ones I mentioned. The Bible says to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. And the Spirit of God, when the convicting power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us and tells us, hey, this is not who you are. This is not what I saved you to do. This is not how I desire for you to live and you do it anyway. That is sin. We all sin. We all mess up. We all fall short. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I pray this morning that he is your savior. As we open up God's word and look at the most important. We've read the Easter story earlier. We read the, the resurrection. Go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you know in this world there's, there's a lot of things that are important. There's a, there's a lot of things that the world tells you is really, really, really important. You know, to uh, get a good job or, or make good on your, in your school, in your classwork, make good on the ACT, get a good degree, get a good husband, get a good wife. There's, there's all sorts of advice out there. There's lots of information out there. But guys, the only thing that's going to make it into eternity is, is truths found into this word, in this word. Truths that are found here in this book. Paul, here writing a letter to the church of Corinth, says to him, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 15, says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. That's the good news. I make known to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and which also you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. You know, there are many. There are many who play church. There are many who absolutely love to to walk in here on a, on a beautiful day. I mean, I know it's raining outside, but it's beautiful in here. And they come in, and that was on cue. <laughs> we come in, and we play this thing. We put this front on. We, we wear this front. But Christ isn't Savior. Is Christ your Savior? Is Christ your Savior? See, it's easy, to, it's easy to come in and sing the songs and go through the motions and, and you say, that, that, that in vain part, what, what does that mean? You know, there's a lot of people who, someone in the past, they may have quoted a prayer, they may have, it might have been during a, during a church service or maybe a, a youth camp or something like that or or revival or something, they, they got all, all fuzzy and on the inside and, and just started feeling kind of funny, maybe scared, or, or saw some friends going up, or some buddies were doing it, and hey, let's all go up there and talk to the preacher. My question is, how's the prayer life? How's your prayer life? How's your Bible study? How's your walk? How's your walk with the Lord? See, see, there's a lot of people that, that go through the motions and they, they look all spiritual and they look like they got it all figured out, but they're lost. They're lost. Are you lost? 
Are you a Christian? And if you're not, then you're lost. I'm not saying you're not a good person. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not judging you. I'm not throwing stones. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Why did Jesus go to that cross? That, that verse we all know we love to quote, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Why would a person perish? You ever thought about that? Why, why, would there, why is there a need of a Savior? Why was the cross necessary? Why did Jesus have to go there? What was the need of all of that? I thought about earlier, we lie, cheat, steal, we, we, we sin. You know, God doesn't let sin into heaven. God doesn't let sinners into heaven. I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, shocked. Because they say, yeah, but, but God's a good God. He is a good God. They say, yeah, but God's a fair God. He's a fair God. He's a holy God. He doesn't let sin into His holy heaven. He doesn't let sin into His perfect heaven. He doesn't let sin into His presence. It can't go together. And, and, and people have to deal with that reality. And there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can do to, to wash our sins away. You can't be baptized or be a member. It doesn't matter who your last name is. It doesn't matter anything about it. The Bible says sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish separated from God, but will be brought back into a relationship with God. See, that's the gospel. How does that happen, preacher? How, does, how in the world does God forgive me of my sins? How does God wipe my sins away? How does God, I'm a mess up, you don't know me, preacher. I, I do things, I wish it was just simply as lie, simply as lying, cheating, and stealing. I wish it was that simple. Here's the thing, God knows what it really is. God sees it all and that can't go to heaven. But God did the most amazing thing. The rest of the story there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look at verse 3. It says, for I delivered to you as a first importance. Yeah, there's a lot of information out there, but you know what's most important? What's most important is how in a person, how does a person have those sins forgiven? How does a person be brought into a right relationship with God? How can I be brought back to a place to where God walks with me? Look, look at what it says here. It says, For I deliver to you as the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture. Isn't that amazing? You know what God did for you? God sent His only begotten Son, His one and only Son, and He, he lived a sinless, perfect life for some 33 and some odd years. A sinless life. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing to deserve death. But he was crucified on a cross. 
See, sin has to be dealt with. The penalty of sin has to be dealt with. My punishment. See what God did. Here's, here's what He did. I mean, this is exactly what He did. Scripture tells us that, and He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by His wounds we are healed. You know what that means? That means that instead of you and I being punished for our sins, God punished Christ instead. Jesus took the punishment that each one of us deserves. He took it there on the cross. Every one of us. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. Every single one of us, has, we do our own thing. But God loved us so much. No, let me change that. I said God loved us. I want you to hear something. God loved you so much. Are you listening? Are you listening? For God so loved you. So much that he sent his only begotten son. That you would not perish but have everlasting life if you put your trust in him. So Jesus climbed up on that cross and took the punishment that every one of us and every one of them and all the world deserves. And he died. He died there on the cross. Sin required a sacrifice. And Christ was the perfect sacrifice. Scripture says that he died. We, we, we read all through Scripture, He died for us, for I deliver to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and they buried Him. They literally buried Him. L listen to this, over in, over in that Luke passage in 23, And a man named Joseph, who was a member of the council of the good and righteous man, he had not consented to their plan and action. A man from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who was waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Christ. He literally died. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen cloth and laid him in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever lain. He literally died and he literally was buried. His body was laid there in a borrowed tomb, in a rich man's tomb, in Joseph of Marimathea's tomb. And he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. We this morning come into God's house and we celebrate that. We don't celebrate a dead God. Christ is not dead. Christ is alive. He was seen. Listen, he went on. If you continue to read, let's just continue to read. Look at what scripture says. Look at verse 5. And he, and he appeared to Cephas. That's Peter. He appeared to Peter and the twelve. That's the twelve disciples. After he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. Most who remain until now. But some have died. Some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. Everybody saw him. So many people saw the resurrected Lord. So many people saw him. He's alive. My Savior lives. My Savior reigns. Is he your Savior? Is he your Savior? This Easter morning, is Jesus your Lord? You say, well, is that important? Yes, it is. 
Look over to Acts chapter 4. I want you to see a verse. I want you to turn it in your, in your paper. They're going to put it up there, but I want you to see it because you know what? Me and the people in the back, we could be putting something up there that's not real. Turn in your paper. I want you to see what the Bible says. Go to Acts chapter 4. Turn in your Bible. I talk about Him being your Savior. Is Christ your Savior? Is this... Jesus that the Bible talks about, this Jesus that came to this earth and died according to the scriptures and was buried and on the third day rose again according to the scriptures. Is he your Lord and Savior? Why is that important, preacher? Brother Shannon, why? why? I'm a good person. I, I'm trying. I, I'm here. Is Jesus your Savior? In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, look at what the scripture says. And there is salvation in no one else. Look at that. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's it. That's exclusive. There's no other way. There's no other name. There's no other hope. There's, we, don't, we don't get in by the skin of our teeth. We don't, we don't accidentally fall through the cracks. No, Jesus says himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is it. Jesus is worthy. Jesus took our punishment. He took your punishment. Jesus died on a cross for us, for you. And was buried and three days later he rose again. Have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I can't answer that. I was a kid when I got saved. I was a kid and I was nine years old. Christ saved me cried out for forgiveness and I asked him to come into my life and be my Lord. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. But I'm forgiven. I'm not perfect, but Jesus is my Savior. I'm not perfect, but I know without a shadow of a doubt. Listen, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if something happens to me, I could die today. Slick roads out there. Happens all the time. We hear of young people dying. We hear of senior adults dying. Middle adults die. Everybody dies. I could die. You could die. Preacher, if you died, where are you going to go and why? I'm going to go to heaven because of who Jesus is. I'm going to go to heaven because of Christ. I'm going to go to heaven because of I believe that He is the Christ, that He is the Son of the living God, that He is alive, that He is seated at the right hand of the Father, that He intercedes for me, that I'm not worthy, but and my righteousness is His only. My goodness is filthy rags, and He is my all, He is my everything. If you died, where are you going to go? Can you say with all confidence, with all assurance, that Jesus is Lord?
Is he your Savior? It's appointed unto man once to die, and then there's a judgment. We don't slip by that one. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? You know what the awesome thing is? You know what's so awesome? Is God knows everything you've done. He knows every listen, He knows everything you're doing. And He knows what you're going to do. And He sent you in this room this morning to hear that awesome music. To experience that awesome praise. But he also, with he knows everything there is to know about you, the good, the bad, the terribly ugly, the secret stuff. And you know what he's saying to you? He's saying, hey, I can forgive you. I can be your Lord. I want to be your Savior. God can forgive you right now. God can save you right now. God can, God can change the forever destination of your life right now. You know how that happens. See, here's the, here's the beautiful part about preaching. Okay? It's not my opinion. That's the beautiful part about it. I, I, you don't have to get my opinion. You, you know, I say, well, tell me how to do it, preacher. How, how do you think that works? Tell me how it happens. The Bible tells us how it happens. The Bible tells us what to do. The, the Bible tells us. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. So you have to believe in Him, right? That's what the Bible says. Look over at Romans. Look at Romans chapter 10 at what Scripture says about entering into a relationship with the Father through the Son. Look at what the Bible says. See, the world, the world is all into people's opinions. You don't need nobody's opinions. You need to know what the Word of God says because it's time that people quit playing this thing and get real with God because we're going to die. You're going to die. God, just don't let anybody in. You've got to be a Christian. You've got to be a follower of Christ. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 9. I'm not just picking out verses. I'm not just... I'm going to... You know, there's a lot of folks say, well, well, if you just pick and choose verses, you can make it say whatever you want it to say. No, I'm going to pick a whole bunch of verses, and they're going to all be side by side, and they're all going to tell a story. Look at what it says. I'm not picking and choosing. I'm fixing to read a bunch of them back to back to back to back to back. This is what it says, that if you confess with your mouth, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
That's why we're here this morning. We as believers are are worshiping King Jesus. We're worshiping our Lord and our Savior. That's what we've done. And that's what those who, who want a relationship with Christ do. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God, what did God do on Easter? God raised Him from the dead. That's what the Bible says. It's right there. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation, I'm not making it up, I'm just reading verse after verse. What's the next one say? For the Scripture says, whoever believes in Him will not be disappointed. What's the next one say? For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches to all who call on Him. God doesn't show partiality. God is just waiting on whosoever will to call on Him for forgiveness. To call on Him and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Look at the next verse. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Preacher, what's your opinion? Don't have one that matters. What you think about this, preacher? What's it matter? Guys, what matters is what God said. What matters is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You'll be saved. God doesn't show partiality. See, here's the deal. God sees and knows everything that's going on, good or bad, in each one of our lives. And yet He still offers salvation to you today. You showed up. You showed up. It's raining. You showed up. Could be somewhere else. But you showed up. See, God, here's what God did. God brought you here. You showed up. With all that stuff that you and him know about, you showed up and you heard the most important message. That he died according to Scripture and that he was buried and three days later he rose again according to the Scriptures. And that a lot of people saw him and that he, later on in Acts, we read about how he, he ascended, how he, how he went up to the heavens and the angels said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand staring up into the heavens for this same Jesus will return to you in the exact same way he just left. He's coming back. He's coming back. We serve a risen Lord who's coming back. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? I can't answer that for you, but here's the deal. This morning, right now, right now, you can ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins, and you can be made brand new. You can become a follower of Christ by faith right now. You say, well, how? You just read it. You just read it. You 
you confess Jesus as Lord, you believe that He is who He says He is, and you ask Him to come into your life and, and be your God and, and be your Savior, and He'll save you. I want us to bow our heads. Everybody bow your heads. Everybody around the room, just bow your heads. Listen, if you're a Christian in here this morning, praise God. But if you're not a Christian... And you want to be right now. The Spirit of God is inside of you and He's he's drawing you. He's tugging you to Himself. Listen, right now, if you want to be saved, why don't you say something like this? Say, Jesus, save me. Right there between you and Him. Say, come into my life and be my Lord. Admit I'm a sinner. Admit I'm a sinner. believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my place there on that cross. Save me, Jesus. I give you my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Tell him that. It's always good. Say, praise him. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for coming to my life. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for overcoming the grave for me. Thank you for taking for me what I could have never did for myself. Thank you, Jesus. You are my everything. Listen. Closed. Y'all pinch them tight. Every head down. Pinch them tight. Listen, if you just ask Jesus to save you, I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to do anything to you. But if you just prayed to ask Jesus to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior, I want you to real quick just hold your hand up in the air and put your hand down. Just real quick. Hold your hand up and put it down. Hold your hand up put it or put it down. Hold your hand up and put it down. Listen, for those of you that ask Jesus to save you, God cannot lie. God loves you. God loves you so much. Hey, Christian, keep your head down. Hey, you, Christian, this is Easter. This is Easter. Hey, Christian, how's your walk? How's your walk? Well, not right there. Right there, when, when your head is down and your eyes are closed and you're, you're in this posture of prayer and praise and thanksgiving to God, why not sit there and be honest and be real with the Lord? Listen, you know if you're playing a game or not. You know if you're committed or not. You know how your Bible study is. You know how your prayer life is. You know how your church attendance is. You know how you're, look, listen guys, you know how you're doing as a daddy. And as a husband. Mamas, you know how you're doing as a mama and a wife. Sons and daughters, the Bible is clear. Honor your father and your mother. Christian sons and daughters, how are you doing? Guys, right there, repent. Say, Lord God, help me. Forgive me, God. Forgive me. 
Remember, I started this service with saying, hey, this can be one of them days that we kind of we change things. We kind of we start over. We start afresh. Father God, you hear your children. You hear the confession. You hear the repentance. You hear the honest, heartbroken conversation that they're having with you. Father God, you tell us in your word that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us. Thank you for forgiving us. God, thank you for being a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. God, thank you for overlooking a multitude of sins and being so long-suffering and so merciful. Thank you, Jesus. God, bless this room. Bless this army of believers. Bless them indeed. Pour your grace out on them. Pour your favor. Pour your goodness out on them. And we're going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Christians. Church, there's a Savior that, that we're to walk worthy of. There's a Lord that we're to walk worthy of. We're not in this fight alone.